0: Acting That is moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Out here on the range, talking about freedom isn't anti-government unless that government is anti-freedom. It's high noon for Monday, July 12th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com. Today is the 173rd day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You thought you had everyone right where you wanted us. But it turns out you still feel exactly the same as you did back then, when everything in your little commie brains was chaos. The chaos has not gone away for you at all. And why is that? Is that because you still have to hear what someone else thinks all the time? And it's too upsetting? How can so many people not see that we are so good and so honest and so fair as we hide the election results and lie about the vaccines and lie about COVID and lie about masks and lie about lockdowns and lie about Black Lives Matter and lie about the administration while the administration lies. How is it, how is it, commies, that the chaos has not depleted? How is it that every event in the real world, Somehow feels like it's attacking you. Well, my goodness, commies, maybe it's time to consider that the real world doesn't cater to your fantasy world. The real world is the one where COVID kills one out of a thousand people at its very deadliest. And all those people are older than 70 with significant comorbidities. That's the real world. The real world is the one in which there's absolutely no way that Joe Biden could gain 15 million votes more than Hillary Clinton, while Donald Trump gained 12 million more than he had four years ago. That's the real world. The real world is a place where something that absurd cannot happen, especially when the candidate doesn't campaign and where the only mechanism by which you even claim that's possible is with millions and millions and millions of illegal votes that no one disputes are illegal because states changed the methods of voting in the run-up to the election and did so illegally. So that's just a start, but it's also not possible to do it And to have those wins with statistically impossible vote spikes that happened in the middle of the night and can't be accounted for at all. It's also not possible to believe such a farcical, nonsensical idea as Joe Biden actually getting 81 million legal votes. And then the proud party around him that created that massive victory is afraid of proving that the votes are real. So that's why the chaos doesn't stop, commies, because the truth still exists outside of your chaos. And the truth is going to prevail because the more people that hear the truth means the fewer commies there are to defend the lie. Sorry, that's just how it's going to go. There's no day where the commie claims, are all just going to be accepted. That is never, ever, ever going to happen. And the truth is, most of you know it. What are you holding on to? Honestly, what are you holding on to? Thankfully, a bunch of your peers who made the same moral error by throwing your support behind the global communist movement are realizing how wrong that was, and realizing that continuing to support this lie is a compounding of the grievous moral error you already made, and those people realizing that are becoming redeemable. So, hello, redeemable commies. I just want to extend a warm Monday high noon welcome to all of you. We see you. And we're more than happy to welcome you on back to America. All you have to do is leave all of the very stupid and evil communist ideas behind. And migrate back. Come on back. Just make some amends. Say a few apologies. We'll all understand. You know, yeah, you were really, really terrible. But hopefully you can adequately apologize and people will forgive you. It's not a hard process. Just account for what you've done and what you've said and how you have viewed all of the people around you who did themselves and the country the service of getting informed. It really is rather amazing to me that so many Obamis and Romneys around the country view themselves as high information voters simply because they have college degrees and simply because they deftly memorize everything that the mainstream media tells them in support of the false narrative. That is what substitutes for information. now. People believe that they are high information voters while being totally unable to answer any questions about why they believe the things they believe. You can take it all the way down to a moral level with these people, and at some process in the examination of the content of their beliefs, you will find out there is nothing there. They won't support it morally, they can't support it factually. And the truth is, aside from what the mainstream narrative is, there's no other information there whatsoever. They just imagine themselves as being on the right side of these issues and that's all it takes well that's not good enough anymore commies sorry i know it worked for a long time but the mainstream media is not what it once was and people don't believe them anymore there was a rasmussen poll last week that asked whether or not People agreed with the statement that the mainstream media is truly the enemy of the people. And 58% of Americans said they agree with that statement. That is a pretty direct, pretty hardcore statement. That's not something you just answer lightly. It's not confusing. The wording of that question is very particular. Do you believe the mainstream media is truly the enemy of the people? Fifty eight percent of Americans say yes. And do you think that they're talking about us? We're not the mainstream media commies. That's you guys. You guys are the ones out there repeating everything the mainstream media says. What does that make you in the eyes of most Americans? Commie, you're not a freedom fighter. You're not speaking truth to power. You're speaking power to truth. You take the cultural power that your position in society allows you. You take the media power, the power of celebrity, the corporate power, the government power as it's currently construed, currently constructed. All of that power is what informs your position. And you magnify that position. And you take it out on normal people. That is the opposite of speaking truth to power, Kami. And it's very important you know that. Because the project of convincing over half the country, well over half the country at this point, that the election was fair, that COVID's very deadly, and all of these other authoritarian lies meant only to control people told only in service of controlling people. It's a project doomed to fail. You are on the wrong side of the narratives momentum. And of course you are on the wrong side of history. Nothing could be more obvious than that, especially for people who go around saying that everyone else is on the wrong side of history just because they dispute some notions about culture That you yourself cannot even explain. Yet you go around telling other people that the future will prove them morally insufficient. Kind of a tough claim to make, isn't it, commies? While not knowing anything? That's a tough one. I wouldn't want to be in the position of doing that. I've been on the other side of it, that's for sure. But if you think that history is going to prove that Joe Biden received 81 million votes. You're not going to like how the future works out. Now, the big news of the weekend, of course, was Trump speaking at CPAC, at least in terms of American political news. There's plenty going on in the world right now that we can talk about. But before I get into Trump, I wanted to mention Uh, a talk that Rick Grinnell was giving, I think on Friday or Saturday. And he was talking specifically about how people need to come out and stand up for their positions and make it clear to their peers where they stand. And of course, I'm 100% on board with that. I've been talking about this for months and months and months. You know, Grinnell was talking about people worrying that they would get canceled. And he said, like, you can't even be canceled now. Just don't allow them to cancel you. You don't have to get scared just because a bunch of commies on the Internet write angry posts at you. He was making the point that in some way we're kind of past that. We have the majority, and that's something that Trump restated uh, very clearly in his speech. We're not the minority. We're the majority. And as Trump said, it's not even close. It really is not close. Three weeks ago, it's been three weeks now, I was talking about that Rasmussen poll showing that 55% of America supported forensic audits and only 29% opposed forensic audits. So those other people in the middle who aren't sure, maybe they want, you know, some sign that The Arizona audit will increase our information and that it can go off without a hitch, that the challenges to the information the Arizona audit provides will be specious challenges that don't go anywhere. I understand people want to waffle. They like being there in the comfortable middle. Well, you know, I guess I kind of have some doubts, but I also don't want to see the whole process upended for nothing. Okay. You're the safest person on earth, I suppose. But even within that position, there is enough room for doubt to allow people to get the proof they seek, to have their day in court, to have their grievances be respected and acted upon. And that's good. That's fine. Do I like your position? No. I think it's pretty weak but certainly better than the 29%. That 29%, though, that represents the actual number of people who are still at this point prepared to, I was going to say fight tooth and nail over Joe Biden's legitimacy, but really, they're not prepared to do that either. They're just prepared to complain online and hope that enough other people like them will complain with them so that they can shout down people who are in the actual majority, right? 29% is less than a third of the country, right? Three out of every 10 people, roughly. That's how many people, as of three weeks ago, still needed to be convinced that forensic audits We're not a threat to democracy. That's it. That's a small minority. Okay. And so what Grinnell is saying is you need to speak up. Just put your opinions up. You don't have to spend the day defending them. But you also shouldn't personalize people's responses unless they get personal. And if they get personal because you are speaking the truth then that person is not legitimately on your side. And if it's about this, it's about politics. And they are scared of you speaking the truth, because how does that reflect on them? That's what they're really thinking. They don't want you to have your own opinion because they're scared of being associated with that opinion. And the thing really at play is they're scared. But you should not be scared. You should stand up and speak truth, because when you do, other people get the courage to speak truth. You will find out quickly that there are people who are on your side and there are people who are not on your side. That is a valuable lesson to learn in life. Some of those who you imagine are close to you are only that way on their terms. Okay, not on your terms, not on mutual terms. Their closeness to you. Is entirely dependent on how much you go along with what they want you to be and what they want you to say. Your relationship, your friendship is entirely dependent on you holding the political opinions that they want you to hold. That is not a friend. That is not someone you can trust. Now, if you come out and speak truth and somebody questions you, somebody wants to open up a dialogue, then go ahead and talk to them. Explain yourself. Explain where you're coming from. Even if you just have this generalized sense of doubt, you know, you don't have to be able to argue every single thing about election fraud or every single thing about COVID. Just Reiterate the fact that, you know, the story you're being told is false. And the fact that the story you you're being told is false and they're censoring opposing viewpoints should be enough for a reasonable person to say, "Okay, I get it. Yeah, it's a little messed up. They don't have to agree with you. Your your role in life is not to make everyone else agree with you. And that's not my role either. I've said on this podcast countless times, I actually don't want to convince people that I am right, okay? I want to convince people that the story they're being told isn't right, okay? I want to create just enough doubt in those people to get them thinking or to at least prepare them for the moment where they find out that everything they believe actually is wrong, and it is. All of us have found that out at some point, unless you were just straight up red pilled from birth. You never believe any of this stuff your whole life. And by the way, there are people like that. And I'm proud of you guys. I'm not, I wasn't like that. I went to a public school and then I went to one of those highbrow liberal arts colleges. And I got a fairly decent education there. This was 20 plus years ago now. So I was fairly well indoctrinated, or at least, you know, I, I took their best shot. I have a pretty active bullshit detector. So I never totally bought in. But I thought that worldview was generally correct. And then I ended up in Hollywood, where everybody out there just believes whatever is necessary to try to advance within that society. And it doesn't matter if it's about politics or morality or relationships or work ethics or anything else. There is a culture there that is built around succeeding as an individual at any cost, whether personally or otherwise. And so once you are in a culture like that, Almost everything is at play. You're incentivized to be permissive morally about the life around you. And you're incentivized to accept certain political ideas and motivations as good and moral. Hollywood is not a place where people upturning the apple cart is looked upon fondly. Everyone Wants you to be what they want you to be. They want you to produce the quote unquote art that they want you to produce. And some of that's market effect, and that's fine, even though we have, through the market, incentivized really terrible politics. Although I think we'll find out that those incentives were not nearly what these companies thought they were, except when it comes to outside investment. But Everyone there has a charity. Their charities are all very sweet sounding. They're all saving the world in their small way, usually by having. High priced parties and dinners so that people will donate money to them. And of course, everyone has to speak right about all these things. You can't say, oh, hey, uh, I'm not sure that that person's cause really makes any sense. You can't say, oh, hey, it seems like Mark Ruffalo really doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the Keystone pipeline. So why is he saying all those things? That's not something you can just go around saying in Hollywood. People will get upset. They'll wonder where where your allegiances lie. And eventually you have to throw all that off. And it comes with a price. Trust me, I know. But it also comes with the benefit. It comes with the benefit of knowing whether or not the people around you are valuing you for you or as an accessory to them. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that these people are causing you to exist only on their terms. It's time for everybody to just speak truth. That's it. Nothing more is required of you. And that's what Grinnell was saying. He's like, I'm not asking you to storm the beaches at Normandy. I'm just asking you to tell the truth on Facebook. Right? Like for all the people who are kind of stunted in their action, people are so concerned about their social standing or their standing at their job. They've all allowed themselves to be silenced by the culture and by their environment. And that's part of what's causing the problem here. Trust me, there are people who will stand up for you if you speak truth. The first time you say something, you're going to get some heat. It's okay. (laughs) They can't hurt you, they're just typing. And if they try to hurt you, you probably have legal recourse. If they try to fire you without cause, you probably have legal recourse. Think about those things. Yeah, it's going to create some upset in your life. At least you'd be starting now, right? And not a year ago or longer. Some of us have been doing this for a pretty long time now. And no, it's not fun to get all that hate. It isn't but it's a lot more fun than the alternative because the alternative is the government coming door to door and telling you to take an experimental gene therapy that kills some people. Do you want that? Do you want to be censored forever so that truth no longer exists? Because that's the direction we're heading in. And that's not fun. Dealing with some people who are annoying on social media is not a problem. In fact, you should get used to it because then you'll realize how not serious it is. And it helps you build a thicker skin. And if you're one of those people who's been intimidated into silence, but still feels like the world is falling apart, Maybe it's time to think about whether or not you simply don't have a thick skin, okay? I know we all have excuses. We all have reasons not to act and not to speak up. And I'm not trying to invalidate any of those. And I'm not trying to call you weak any more than you realize your own personal weakness. That's it. I want you to account for your own personal weakness and see if that's what's driving you. And if it is, then I'm encouraging you to stand up and speak truth, especially on social media. They're just accounts. Think about how well do you really know that person? And maybe you know them really well. If that person is a close friend or a family member, if your relationship with that person is dependent on you silencing yourself and you being afraid to voice your political speech because of retribution from that person, then that person does not respect you and does not respect your relationship. The burden of carrying that relationship forward cannot be put entirely at your feet and dependent on your compliance and your silence and your agreement on principle, moral issues that you don't agree on. Or else that person is just exercising the same authoritarianism that we're seeing people revolt against in Cuba right now. I don't want to be Cuba. I don't want to live under communism. I don't want to live in a place where the government controls the media and then controls what people can actually say to one another and tries to keep them in their homes so they can't interact. And they can't find truth among others. And they can't find the strength in community to be able to speak the truth. That's exactly what's happening in the United States. And it's what's been happening for a long time. And unless you want to be in that place, we all need to stand up for the truth. It's simple. And the other thing is, you know, I've talked about this before, but what's happening here? is that they are bluffing, okay? They are trying to get the result they want to achieve through threats and intimidation. You have to actually make them go through with it because most of the time they're not going to. And I'm not talking about just simply people on social media. They will definitely be mean to you. But you can take that. I'm talking about the real threats about withholding in a relationship or about firing people from their jobs or making them get vaccinated to keep their jobs. Sorry, if it comes down to you, that has to be the one to stick your neck out. But they're forcing your complicity through your silence. Or at least they're threatening to do so. And oftentimes those threats are just threats. They're a bluff. The intimidation is supposed to achieve the goal. They can't actually achieve the goal if you don't comply. So let's talk about Trump. Trump had a big weekend. Yesterday in the morning, he was on with Maria Bartiromo. It was probably the best interview Trump has given or received since January 20th. And she gave him the space to say the things that he's been saying elsewhere, finally on Fox News, which is good. He talked about election fraud in no uncertain terms. He said the election was rigged, the election was stolen, and he talked about how. That's great. And then he did the same thing at CPAC. Tucker Carlson read that thread that everyone passed around last week that mentions election fraud and why people think that election fraud is real. And that I think is the first time that a Fox news host has taken that case seriously. At least it is in the last few months. So that indicates to me that there might be some level of editorial discretion that has been exercised at Fox. Maybe they are realizing that it is impossible now to keep this narrative just underground. It's not underground. That narrative is mainstream now. People believe people know that the 2020 election was decided by fraud, that the fraud is obvious and that the evidence is overwhelming. People aren't reaching that point by just deciding to go along with the conspiracy. They're reaching that point because of evidence and because of people speaking up and sharing the evidence and encouraging people to look at that evidence themselves. So we'll see how things progress in the next couple of days or maybe next couple of weeks. But it's becoming impossible for the mainstream to avoid this. And even the CNN and MSNBCs of the world have realized the same thing. Now, they'll talk about the narrative and talk about how stupid it is. But again, their opinions are meaningless to us. The point is, they're putting our narrative out there every time they do this. They are communicating through their eyes, through their language, through their tone of voice, that they are scared. They are panicking. You can watch these representatives like Katie Hobbs and Josh Shapiro go on TV and lie and try to cover themselves. And it's not working. Trump even said in the speech, and he's totally right, that every day more people are realizing that we are right. Okay? And that's a big statement because it's not just people are opening up to the idea or people have some doubts, although that's increasing too. People are actually realizing that we've been right the entire time. Okay, the covid narrative has largely fallen apart, which is why they're now resorting to really horrible ideas. They're actually talking now about sending vaccines to Haiti. The president of Haiti was assassinated last week and Haiti was a place that was not adopting the vaccine. And why would they? So the president is assassinated. Multiple people step up and say that they are now in charge of Haiti. And one of them starts asking for American military support. Jen Psaki is was out talking today about how they're going to send FBI and DHS officials down there. And, oh, they're going to send down the first shipment of vaccines in the next few days or maybe a week because that's what they need. They need Haiti to get vaccinated. And that president, he just wasn't doing it. And so it's really, you know, too bad that he was assassinated. But at least now the people of Haiti get vaccines. That seems to actually be this fake White House's position on the assassination Of Haiti's president. And now we have an uprising in Cuba and there are reports that Raul Castro has fled to Venezuela. I would like to see more on that and know exactly what's going on there. A lot of this stuff is still hazy right now. And I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but I do want to properly address what the possibilities might be. The fake president and the State Department seem like they are interested in reshaping this uprising in Cuba as somehow having to do with needing covid supplies. They're upset about how the pandemic has gone. So, of course, what should we do? Send in military. Because nothing ever goes wrong when the U.S. military goes to a poor country to fix everything. But back to the Trump speech. So last week, I think on Monday, after the rally in Sarasota, we talked about how Trump had mentioned that at his next rally, he would divulge who had directed the U.S. attorney in Philadelphia to not investigate claims of election fraud. And I thought it was weird at the time that he didn't just come out and say it because he obviously knew who it was, but he did come out and say it yesterday. And he said that it was Bill Barr who sent that letter. Now, he's been going after Bill Barr a bit because Bill Barr clearly didn't pursue election fraud. And he also didn't seemingly pursue any of the people who had committed crimes and lied in the Russian collusion hoax and the Ukraine impeachment scam. And Trump basically said that Bill Barr was just too nice. He was too concerned about his reputation. He was scared of being impeached. And Bill Barr has been in the news a few times last week about a bunch of these subjects. It kind of makes me wonder if Trump wasn't waiting for that media cycle to spin through before divulging this piece about the U.S. attorney in Philadelphia. Now, I don't know what that means, but it's something I'm keeping an eye on. Because, of course, it's not an accident that he didn't say it last week and did say it this week. And there doesn't seem to be another explanation readily available. You know, it's not like it's some character out of the blue that like we just found out about. And this is huge news. You know, if he had said that it was Barack Obama or something, that would have been explosive news. Knowing that it's Bill Barr is not really explosive news. I mean, everyone on our side has already understood that the Bill Barr situation is hazy at best and that Bill Barr is just a, you know, corrupt part of the uniparty establishment at worst. So this is not a revelation to any of us hiding it, keeping it back from us for another week. I don't I don't get that except as a means of influencing the narrative one way or another. And so I suspect that that's what it was, though. I don't entirely know what the goal there is. And another thing that Trump said clearly was that we cannot have a 2022 or 2024 election without understanding the truth of the 2020 election and I love that statement, obviously, because it's factually true. There's no reason why anyone would have any faith whatsoever in next year's election or the 2024 election without clearing up the 2020 election. That's just not going to happen. And Trump's not going to allow it to happen. Trump is still 100 percent the head of the Republican Party. He is the obvious shoe in candidate If somehow this is all delayed until 2024 and he's not back in office before then, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that scenario did arise, we would certainly have to handle the 2020 election beforehand. But Trump is the leader for the foreseeable future of the Republican Party, and there's nothing that's going to change that. So he's going to dictate the terms by which this stuff plays out. There's not going to be a time where Trump talks less about election fraud. And we have already seen the media try to cover it up as best they can. And it's coming out more and more and more. And now it's going to become part of the Fox News mainstream narrative, and they're not going to be able to avoid it. He did an interview in the evening after his speech with a guy called Lawrence Jones at Fox News and Trump brought up multiple times that the election was stolen and this hack at Fox News kept trying to steer him off that point onto more comfortable Fox News ground. In fact, Fox News even played a Chiron over Trump's speech that was basically just uh, a legal notification that Dominion and the other voting companies deny that there was anything wrong with the 2020 election. Maybe that's their way of Dominion not being angry at them. But the genie's not going back in the bottle. I don't know why they ever, ever thought that they could keep this from going mainstream. Maybe they just thought we'd all give up. I mean, I'm assuming that everyone in the GOP and uniparty establishment and, of course, all the commies all just thought this would go away. They can just steamroll us and we'll all shut up. They can censor us out of existence and that the bad thing would just go away. But it's not going away, commies. It's not going away at all. In fact, it's only going to get much, much, much worse. And you can see this playing out in Pennsylvania right now. Last week, they tried to threaten Pennsylvania Senator Doug Mastriano uh, indirectly by sending a directive to the counties across the state, letting them know that if they were to give information over to independent auditors that would be conducting a forensic audit in Pennsylvania, then they're going to deal with the consequences of that. If they were going to allow the auditors to see any of the machines, then the state would decertify all of the machines and then make the counties buy them again. Which in any normal world would seem like the executive branch intentionally trying to obstruct the legislative branch's true function. And hopefully our system of checks and balances is going to be fortified enough to not allow that to happen. But again, this is another one of those bluffs that they will just try. I mean, the funny thing is, nothing could be better than all of those machines being decertified. Well, you know... You decertified them and we have to run the election and we can't afford the machines. So I guess we're just going to have to do paper ballots. Well, that sounds perfect. Decertify all the machines, commies. We're all up for that. And so Mastriano responded today in a tweet and then there is a statement attached to it. He says, despite attempts of obstruction by the Wolf administration and the attorney general, the Intergovernmental Operations Committee will press forward in the pursuit of a forensic investigation. And his statement reads on Friday, the acting secretary of state issued a veiled threat disguised as a directive to all 67 counties in Pennsylvania. This threat implied that any county who participates in a forensic investigation and allows access of electronic voting machines voting systems to third-party entities not directly involved in the conduct of elections will have their machines automatically decertified and retired before the next election. Even worse, the directive stated that counties would be forced to pay for new voting system equipment and prevented from seeking reimbursement from the State Department. The General Assembly is in fact directly involved in the manner and conduct of elections across the Commonwealth as it is responsible for reforming and amending all election laws. Nowhere in the statute is the secretary of state mandated to make a predictive finding, automatically retire voting systems after third party access and force counties to pay for that decision. The authority of such a directive from the acting secretary is also in question, as she has yet to go before the Senate to be officially confirmed. The inclination of the acting secretary to act outside of the scope of her constitutional powers is deeply concerning and will certainly be considered during her confirmation process. You gotta love that. The scare tactics last week did not just emanate from the acting secretary. Attorney General Shapiro has made numerous TV appearances and social media statements to threaten costly legal action and make baseless claims about how much an investigation would cost to taxpayers. Perhaps the A.G.'s time could be better spent on important law enforcement issues rather than nightly CNN MSNBC appearances, childish name calling and tweets of incessant, broad, yet empty platitudes. Here are some issues that could use the attention of the attorney general investigating sworn affidavits from the 2020 November election. Protecting the personal data of Pennsylvania citizens by investigating the Wolf administration's contact tracing data breach, which exposed the personal health data of over 72,000 Pennsylvanians. Coming up with actual solutions to stem the rising tide of violent crime in PA cities and standing up to progressive district attorneys. Investigating the deaths of 16,000 of our beloved elderly resulting from the Wolf administration's directive to send COVID positive patients back into long-term care facilities. Yeah, all those would be really great. It's a shame that attorneys general are no longer concerned with the actual issues of the people of the state they represent. And instead, they're just concerned with obstructing elections investigations after they held Illegal elections and refused to enforce the law. In my letter to request information from several counties on July 7th, I clearly stated that the Intergovernmental Operations Committee would be open to any requests from county officials to maintain the security of responsive materials and the privacy of all voting information. What we are seeing is a convergence of scare tactics from the Wolf administration and the attorney general to intimidate county officials and obstruct a forensic investigation. Governor Wolf and A.G. Shapiro are standing in the way of the constitutional authority of the General Assembly. For people who once lectured the state about transparency and accountability, we all ask, what do they have to hide? The Intergovernmental Operations Committee will press forward in the pursuit of a forensic investigation. And that's great. He is literally calling these government officials on their bluff. And by the way, their bluff is a much more serious bluff than people being mad at you on Facebook. So if Mastriano can stand up and tell the governor and the attorney general and the secretary of state. Good luck, commie. Then you should be able to do the same thing on Facebook. Now, a Monday episode would not be complete without hearing from Nazi doctor Anthony Fauci and the crazy stuff he says on the Sunday shows. So here is the Nazi doctor with Jake Tapper. The um, conservative political conference CPAC uh, is going on this weekend. I want to play for you a clip of one of the speakers from that event yesterday. They were hoping, the government was hoping, that they could sort of sucker 90% of the population into getting vaccinated. And it, and, and, it, and it isn't happening, right? There, there's a y- younger people. I'm going to cut him off right there because he just goes on to just say things that are not true about the vaccine. But what I wanted to get your reaction to is the crowd cheering when this gentleman talks about how the government was not able to achieve a 90% vaccine goal. The crowd cheered. Um, As a public health official, what's your reaction when you hear that? It's it's horrifying. I mean, they're cheering about someone saying that it's a good thing for people not to try and save their lives. I mean, if you just unpack that for a second, Jake, it's almost frightening to say, hey, guess what? We don't want you to do something to save your life. Yay. Everybody starts screaming and and clapping. I just don't get that. I mean, and I don't think that anybody who's thinking clearly can get that. What is that all about? I, I don't understand that, Jake. Fauci basically goes into like a Jerry Seinfeld comedy bit at the end there. What's the deal with people not wanting to save their own lives? But first, how about Jake Tapper there? That's Alex Berenson, who was on the stage speaking at CPAC about the vaccines. And Alex Berenson has researched COVID and the vaccines probably more thoroughly than anyone in the journalistic community. You know, I'm sure that there are people in the medical field who are doing a different sort of research and doing more research. But in terms of communicating to the public what all of this means, Alex Berenson is pretty much up there by himself, okay? He's doing the best work. And Jake Tapper, of course, wants to take the moral high ground by making sure that he doesn't have a platform to spread any more of his lies. We're just going to say that one brief lie so that we can make all these Republicans look very dangerous and very stupid to a bunch of child brained commies still watching CNN. Jake Tapper, what a responsible journalist. Nazi doctor Anthony Fauci says it's horrifying that people would be cheering that. And he says that what people are cheering is the discouragement of other people attempting to save their own lives. That's what he's saying now. These people are not only not interested in saving their own lives and the lives of others, they are actively discouraging other people from saving their own lives. That's how this is now being interpreted. And what's horrifying is that a person who is to whatever remaining level viewed as a respected health authority is now claiming a direct relationship between the vaccine and your life being saved from a virus that only kills one out of a thousand people who get it. And the actual infection fatality number is probably much less than that, much less than one out of a thousand people who get the disease. Anthony Fauci does not bother looking at history or the history of medical experiments on populations. By the government, because if he was looking at that and he was thinking about that, then he wouldn't be out on TV as a slimy pharma salesman. He would be talking about how good the vaccine is and what the actual reasons for people getting it would be, because it's certainly not that your life is going to be saved. That's just out of the question. Unless you fit a certain profile of an older person who has some other significant health problems, you talk to your doctor, you think, hey, you know, maybe my odds are a little better if I have this, and you're ignoring the existence of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and any other therapeutic, whose life is the vaccine going to save? That's the real question, okay? We can ask, who is COVID going to kill? Primarily older people with significant comorbidities. Who is the vaccine going to save? Well, potentially some portion of the group who might die from COVID. You can't have your life saved from something that cannot kill you. Right? That seems... Pretty logically sound. So it's pretty clear that no one on the anti-vax or vaccine hesitant side is encouraging other people to put their lives at risk. Okay, the risk of dying from the coronavirus, if you are young, middle aged, even some seniors who are in good health is roughly zero and the risk increases as you get older or your health status lowers, right? If you're 85 and you've had a couple heart attacks and have some lung issues and you've had a bout of cancer, yeah, you got more risk. So maybe for those people, the vaccine might make sense. And I don't think anyone is discouraging older people from taking the vaccine. I think people are encouraging older people to really examine their risk and look into the vaccines and whether or not the vaccine might present a bigger risk to them than the disease would. But we know for a fact and former president of Pfizer, Michael Yeadon, a doctor who knows about this stuff says that kids have a 50 times higher likelihood of dying from the vaccine than from the coronavirus. But that hasn't discouraged Anthony Fauci from taking measures to ensure that children still take the vaccine. The CDC right now is threatening that kids who don't get vaccinated will have to wear masks in school when school returns. Now, I don't think they'll follow through with that. And the CDC guidances are little more than Moves within the narrative to try to force action by others. And those guidances usually change whenever the narrative needs it. Remember, the CDC was still requiring or. Supplying guidance to require that kids wear masks at summer camp. And that, you know, the vaccines, who knows about these variants and then Anthony Fauci's reputation explodes when people finally start realizing that, yes, he did supply funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology through the EcoHealth Alliance that led to the creation of the coronavirus through gain-of-function research done in coordination with the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army, and that it escaped or was released from that lab. If you recall the CDC guidance changed so fast that the CDC director didn't even know it. Amazing, isn't it? So I'm not worried about that guidance, but I am worried about the Nazi doctor getting out there and telling everyone that they have to take this experimental vaccine and that any talk about how this vaccine should not be adopted widely is tantamount to telling other people that they shouldn't save their own lives. And that is horrifying. What's not horrifying, apparently, is being lied to for 18 months by our public health community and by our very competent government. That's not horrifying at all. People coming to your door to try to inject you with an experimental vaccine that you want no part of That's not horrifying. No. People cheering that the pharmaceutical company disinformation campaign isn't working. That's the horrifying part. And while we're on the topic of dystopian horrors, Politico is reporting on a new idea out of Joe Biden's fake White House. Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. The goal is to ensure that people who may have difficulty getting a vaccination because of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely. What? OK. OK. Let's pull that paragraph apart for a second because Politico are one of the main elite communist mouthpieces. They pretend that their stuff is right down the middle, that they are all experts in their writing and that they are handling all of these issues in good faith. So what they just described was that the Democrats are now supporting a program that will monitor in some way, and I'm not talking about a human monitor. It's obviously and almost definitely an algorithm, but it will examine your text messages that you send. It will examine them for vaccine misinformation and then either censor them or apply a warning. And they are probably going to run this the same way that the social media companies ran it. You're going to see little notices on your text messages That say, hey, that thing that your friend just sent you, that's wrong. Here's an authoritative source. Or, hey, that might not have all the facts. Get some facts here at our source. It's authoritative. And after they tell you, they redirect what the actual purpose is. The goal is to ensure that people who may have difficulty getting a vaccination because of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely. Well, why do you need to monitor and censor people's text messages for that? And of course, also now they're going beyond the social media companies to the wireless carriers and to maybe the wireless technology platforms themselves like Apple and Google and, you know, all the other companies that make Android phones back to the article. We are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated so that we can save lives and help our economy recover further. Oh, well, that's crazy. That's white house spokesperson, Kevin Munoz steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated. Wait, 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 politics are, Are the effort to get every American vaccinated? There is no other reason to get every American vaccinated. Okay. We have now somewhere in the range of 34 million COVID cases. Okay. And they believe that they are catching anywhere between one in six and one in 10. Some have the estimate even higher. So for every one COVID case they record, they estimate that the total number is six times higher or 10 times higher or 20 times higher. I've seen it as high as 80. And this has been ongoing for the last year. They've been doing this work. The CDC has estimates for this. The lowest estimate the CDC has ever put out for that is six. So if we have 34 million cases recorded, and that's only one-sixth of the actual cases, I'm going by their logic and their numbers, right? Then we're talking about 200-plus-million cases, right? That's about 204 million at six times. If it's 10 times, then the whole country's already had it. But at 200 million, we're talking about almost two-thirds of the country has already had COVID by what their legitimate... Scientific. Epidemiological. Estimates would be. That is already herd immunity. We've had herd immunity in this country for quite a long time. The cases and the deaths had already dropped down to near nothing before the vaccine rollout even began, which is why they were so horrified by places like Florida. Florida completely ruins their narrative. Florida was entirely open with no restrictions Last September, September 25th, I think was the date they announced. That's nearly a year now. Where's the spike? Where's the threat? Where are all the deaths? Where are they? That should actually matter if we are still talking about this in any sort of scientific way. But this isn't science anymore. This is just religion and mythology. And Anthony Fauci is out there just like the Pope. He's just telling you what the religion is now. He's the the vicar of the science. He's just here to announce science's position to the world. So not only is there no need for people to get vaccinated against a disease that can't kill them, there's certainly no need for people who have already had the disease to get the vaccine. And that's just obviously true and supported with data and studies, there's no reason for anyone to get the vaccine because there is an overwhelming likelihood that you are not going to cross paths with anyone with an active COVID infection. The idea that we could go to a football stadium of 80,000 people, and if one person has COVID, then everybody there is going to get it is ridiculous. But that's still the image that most people have walked around with and guided their lives by for 15 months now. That's madness. And to think that we need to embrace Nazi-style deployment of an experimental gene therapy for a disease that almost definitely can't kill us, that's horrifying. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app.